it's okay to take a little time, a month or two or three months to kind of roll out some of these additional updates and upgrades. You know, I think as entrepreneurs, we, we feel like that we need to have everything done right the first time when we first launch. And, you know, that just creates a, a higher level of stress that we really don't need. <laughs> Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 131. The RV Entrepreneur is a podcast for anybody interested in downsizing their life, creating remote income, and working from anywhere. Every week, I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who have made the leap into the RV lifestyle and have taken their businesses with them on the road. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Scott Blair. Scott is a full-time RVer who runs RVHealth.com, a startup focused on providing telehealth solutions for people like us, people who live in RVs full-time on the road. With Scott's service, we can get access to doctors and a number of other health solutions through a monthly membership, all while traveling and being in remote places. What I love about this conversation with Scott is we talk about all of the nitty-gritty parts of getting this telehealth company up and running and how in the first four months of running this company, Scott has already got his first 100 customers. We also talk about how Scott balances client projects, family life, and travel, all while just juggling this new startup, how to set up an affiliate program for your product or service, and how to batch tasks to manage your time while you're traveling and getting your business going. Um, and even if you're not traveling, I, this is relevant for everybody. Learning how to batch things are one of the best lessons that I've learned in the past year. Before we jump into today's episode, a quick word from today's sponsor, the Stories from the Road podcast. One of my favorite parts of RVing is just sitting down with other people and sharing stories. The good, the bad, the hilarious, all of the stories. The Stories from the Road podcast talks to RVers from all walks of life about what led them to the RV lifestyle, the things they like, the things they don't like, and where they see themselves going in the future. The conversations are heartfelt and funny, and if you're any kind of RVer yourself, and you probably are since you're listening to this podcast, you'll identify with a lot of what you hear. That's Stories from the Road, and it's available in iTunes, Spotify, and the Google Play Store, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. All right, let's get into today's show with Scott Blair. Awesome. Scott, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it. So you guys have now been on the road for over a year, taking back to, I guess, a couple years ago when y'all were first kind of thinking about this whole idea of hitting the road and traveling the country. Like, where did this all come about? That's a good question. Um, I think the seeds were planted probably about 12 years ago when I read the four hour work week. <laughs> and that's probably where it started uh, stemming from. And I, I started working on developing some businesses that would allow me to work remotely, be self-employed and start building out systems around it. And I kind of got to that point. And then we had kids and then uh, my wife started, you know, working for uh, MD Anderson Cancer Center. So we got kind of tied back down to a certain degree based on you know, being located for physical jobs and kids, you know, going to school and daycare and things like that. There became a point, I guess, probably about two years ago, uh, October 2016, the market got up in Houston, Texas, and we decided to sell our house. And we were at the time kind of looking out towards, you know, East Texas, the country area, just kind of really get out of the city. And the first house that we were looking at buying out there fell through. We didn't get the property that we were looking for. As a backup, we ended up finding a nice 20 acre lot, but there was no house on it yet. I just had a metal shop. So we kind of got to this point where we started making some decisions of, you know, do we build right away? Do we, you know, retrofit that shop that's on there to kind of have some living space? You know, do we upgrade our RV? And 
So eventually we got the decision. We, we kind of built out half of a living space in that metal shop. And in that we've got like our living room. I've got my office. So I actually wrote it off as an office build out. So <laughs> <laughs> took that as my taxes. So this will be my office going forward. Um, so it's a nice little five, 600 square foot office space with additional, you know, storage, you know, on the other side. And so we got the decision, decided to do that. And then we upgraded our RV that we had. We started out with the, actually started out with a, uh, pop out, you know, version where the beds flip out from the sides of the old Jayco that we used to have. And then we went to a 27 foot wildcat that was rear living. But by the time we added our third kid, <laughs> it, it just wasn't going to work anymore. We had to get some bunks. So we ended up upgrading our RV uh, after we sold the house and got a 37-foot fifth wheel with a bunkhouse built into it. And we got here on the property and doing this bit of a build-out and decided, you know, why rush into building the house? Uh, Let's go travel around for a while. And so we hit the road for about six months after we got the build-out done and did some touring around kind of the north and western parts of the U.S., I didn't want to overcommit. Uh, I, I knew personally I really wanted to do this lifestyle, but I knew the rest of my family wasn't completely sure yet. So I presented it as being a test. So we did a six-month trial, and everybody loved it, uh, especially when we hit the hot air balloon fiesta in Albuquerque <laughs> last year. <laughs> the kids loved it. So they're all on board. So we're um, back, done a lot of traveling around Texas over the last few months, and we're kind of doing like a week or two kind of recoup and restructuring our storage and what we're taking and, and heading back on the road probably right around April 1st. So that'll be coming up here pretty quick. Yeah. So what were you doing in your work during that time? Like what, what is t- talking me through some kind of your career narrative over the past few years, uh, even while you guys were in Houston, like were you self-employed? Did you have a job? Okay. So that varied quite a bit over the years. <laughs> Not going back too far, but my last uh, corporate job I had, I was working for Sun and Ski Sports, and I actually started up their e-commerce division for them, and and kind of took them from zero to about five million sales within a few years. Uh, and I was managing the the customer service department, the the website design development, the system integrations for fulfillment, you name it, marketing P and L responsibilities, which is is great. I mean, it really gave me a, a good base of business management and employee management and, and just design and all that kind of stuff. So my original degree was in graphic design. I self-taught myself web development. And then I've had a career of about 20 plus years of doing website design, development, and marketing. So that was my last job was with Sun and Ski. And I left there on great terms. I'm actually a business partner with a former CEO of that company now and another startup that we're working on <laughs> that we may cover in a minute. So that was my last job and that was probably back in 2011. So that was about seven, eight years ago. And I started up a business that was in um, this prescription discount card programs. And it was something that was fairly new to the market. And it was one of those four hour work week type opportunities that I dove into, really develop an online based marketing platform and distribute those cards and what is a prescription? What is a prescription-based card? What is that? It is so. If you think about your your insurance, where you have like a prescription program with a copays, I was doing some consulting with a PBN, which is a pharmacy benefit management company, and through that contact, I kind of learned that they were working on trying to develop a cash-based card um, that would basically take the negotiated discounts they had with the pharmacies and the pharmaceutical manufacturers and now pass that 
pricing on as a cash paying customer. So in a business and employee process, the business would be paying, you know, let's take a hundred dollar prescription and, you know, it may have retailed originally for $200. It's been negotiated down to a hundred dollars. The employer pays 80 bucks of that hundred. And then the, the employees picking, paying the copay of 20 bucks. So what we've did with this uh, PBN was taking that $200, we're doing the whole $100 discount. Well, we're giving that $100 price to a anybody who wants to use that card. So they're not having to pay the full retail. So they're getting like 50% off of the retail price of the prescription. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Uh, kind of makes okay. sense. But <laughs> so, so you worked at Sunitsky, you helped them launch your e-commerce business. And so when you guys sold your house a few years ago, you were essentially running your own business during this time. That's correct. So I started that one about eight years ago. And I got it to the point that it was like fully self-automated. I mean, I probably spent a few hours a month kind of managing that business. And it was providing us a pretty good full-time income until the whole Obamacare, Affordable Care Act stuff happened. And it kind of tanked down a little bit. But anyway, in that process, I've I've done other things to kind of fill my time. I've done real estate investing. Um, I've went back and did some contract work for um, some marketing agencies where I did you know, some design development work for um, companies like Adobe in the UK. I did uh, the e-commerce website for Justin Boots, some website development work for HP, uh, marketing automation work for Fifth Third Bank, and kind of the list kind of goes on. And so that kind of got me back into the game of doing design development again. And that company eventually kind of unfortunately went under. <laughs> uh, and then I ended up tra- transitioning back into doing my own digital marketing business. And I've been doing that for three or four years full time now, in addition to doing the the prescription discount card and what's spun off of that to other health discount programs. So for the most part, probably about 80% of my personal income comes from the digital marketing side. And where I run this business, I've got my own clients and I do remote management of that and just hired my first employee uh, yesterday to get stuff started there. And so really excited about the um, progression of what we're looking for in that area. That's awesome. Congrats. Thanks. It seems like you kind of had this, I know you have a, a business doing pop-up shops and you now you have RV Health, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And you've kind of had all these like one-offs here and there, and then you've intertwined your services, design, um, development, and SEO all into the mix to help various clients but it seems like you've always kind of come around to wanting to have your own product. And I've been, I've been kind of fascinated with this whole idea of like building a bridge business lately where, you know, the whole idea is like what sparked in the beginning for you. And it was very similar for me is this whole notion of being able to build something that frees up your time and then you can do and choose the things that you want to do. So for you, has it always kind of been like, how do you approach service versus the product business? Cause you now have both, you're working on growing RV health but you still have all your clients. So is the goal to completely get off of clients? I don't know that the goal is completely to get off of it, but it is a bridge business. If I cannot find a way to better automate what I do as a service-based business within that digital marketing, then I probably would eventually fold it up. But yeah, it's a bridge business to get to where I've got my, my products as services or my services as products actually to where we're doing the RV health program and pop-up shops, which is another business that launched about the same time. Uh, and actually we just had our official launch about a month ago. We can cover that a little bit too, if you'd like, but the whole idea is really kind of working on getting away from where you're trading your hours for dollars, whether it's working for an employer doing that or working for yourself and doing that 
it, you're still doing the same function. You just don't have, you've got a bunch of little bosses <laughs> when you have clients. So it's really trying to move past that into more of having systems and products and stuff that sell and, and can grow your income and hopefully grow your time in the process. Um, so I've developed a lot of businesses over the years, but they're all centered around this focus of not trading my hours for dollars and trying to build out systems and tools that generate revenue when I'm not there working every single hour. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to dig more into RV Health here in a minute, but kind of trans like going back a little bit more to where when you guys were first getting on the road, you're having a conversation with your wife and your two girls and you're talking about, okay, well, instead of buying a house, like let's just take some time to go out and travel around the country. Did you have an anticipation for what that looked like? Was that scary um, to say like, well, we're just going to go do this thing remote? Like, was there fear during that process that you or they had about what life would look like in an RV versus a house? I think there was maybe some level of anxiety, I think, through uh, my wife and some of the kids, maybe a little bit, but it really wasn't too much. We we had been, you know, weekend camping, like we go out through every three to four weeks for the past year or two to different sites and stuff. So the, the idea of camping was already ingrained and it was an easy transition from that standpoint. Uh, and then we've kind of just as a family kind of had uh, this idea about trying to travel and work while we're traveling for a while. And so the opportunity really just finally presented itself somewhat accidentally, I guess. It was an overly intentional that we would become full-time RVers. It was just uh, something just happened out of uh, the air, I guess. <laughs> I mean, what it, what has that blend looked like for you guys the past year? You have a startup with RV Health. You still have clients that you maintain. Uh, your girls, I'm, I'm presuming, are they being road schooled right now or how is that working? They are. So we've got two girls, Caitlin's nine, Ellie's six, and we have a boy named Jude who's about to turn two. And we are home, uh, road schooling them as we're going along. Uh, we've been doing that for a little over two years now. And that's transitions actually worked out really well. My wife does a fantastic job of teaching them and they're very receptive to it and greatly enjoying visiting the national parks. And we've kind of incorporated part of that into our uh, road schooling program as well for part of that science and geology and things like that. Gotcha. And, and what about for you? Like how has your work changed at all being on the road the past year? It's gone through phases. Um, when we first launched uh, the RV health program, it was in development. Same thing with our pop-up shops startup. It was kind of that early stage of development. So I, I was probably working about 30 hours a week and then we're going out and doing stuff, doing some hikes and thing, seeing things around the area, especially during the parts of the year where the kids were out of school, like during the summer, things get into a little bit more of a, a better schedule, I guess, for me work-wise when they're doing schoolwork. So, and we're still trying to figure that stuff out. You know, when you're trying to work around nap schedules, you know, do you go out and do things in the morning uh, and then work in the afternoon or vice versa? That, that are areas that we have not quite figured out yet. <laughs> we're still working on that, but the, you know, overall it's worked really well finding that time to go out and do things. I think we're finding that we need to extend our stays longer uh, in places instead of going, moving every week, you know, move, maybe move every two to three weeks. So we've got that downtime to get things done and explore the areas a little bit more and not be on quite such of a tight schedule as we put ourselves on the first time we went out and did this. What was it that made you guys feel like this was something that you wanted to keep doing? Like, was there a particular moment where you're like, okay, this this is something that I, I could keep doing. Like this, this is cool. I, th I think it was just overall experiences. 
and trying to help teach our kids that, you know, life is more about the experiences and relationships and not about the things that you acquire and seeing that start to get instilled in them. And, you know, they're not as much asking for, you know, every single little stuffed animal they run into in the national park stores (laughs) as much, (laughs) but it's getting better. And, you know, they're growing in their, you know, learning and we're enjoying the life as a family, uh, being together a lot more, you know, prior to this, we were, you know, my wife would go and work a couple of days a week and our kids were off at school for a couple of days uh, or for the full week. And then I was working and, you know, we'd see each other for about a half hour to an hour a day. And that was about it. So it's that transition of having more family time, uh, I think, is really what's been a very positive impact for us as a whole. Yeah, I love that. And uh, and I've heard that from a lot of people who have families. And I think I mean, that is a really cool and awesome side benefit. Uh, I want to talk about RV Health. Uh, this is a telehealth company you started. You've been working on it for about a year and a half. It is hard, and that's a big question that people have about living on the road, is how do you get health insurance? We use health sharing through a company called Liberty Health Share, and a few other RVers use it as well. But what you're actually working on is a bit different. Uh, did you have in, like did you jump into RVing and, and think, oh, I'm going to try to solve a pain point and start a new business in this space? Or how, how did the idea for RV Health come about? Well, that's sort of what happened. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we've done uh, versions of this program, um, this health discount package benefits and stuff for the last four or five years as well. Uh, so as we were getting ready to go full time, you know, we're involved in all these Facebook groups and YouTube channels, stuff that we've been watching. And we just saw this reoccurring issue of people traveling and not having good access to health care. They run into problems, especially with people with chronic care conditions where they've got hyperthyroidism or they've got uh, hypertension issues or think diabetes or something like that. And they're having to go back and see their primary care physician every six months to get checkups done. And, you know, Hey, you know, there may be a way we may help solve some of those problems. So we started that process of doing that research. I actually have to give credit to my wife. I think she was probably the one that actually uncovered this (laughs) aspect of it and brought it up to my attention. So, so we kind of use that and we're like, okay, so what are the issues and the pain points that RVers are running into when they're traveling? And it's, you know, they're having to go to urgent care. They're having to go to ER and, you know, those higher levels of expenses. And there wasn't exist in the market already things like Teladoc and MD Live, which provide like that acute care, the urgent care type benefits. But in our process of doing a lot of research, we found out that there there was a company out there that was starting to branch into providing services for chronic care conditions in addition to the acute care stuff. And we're like, okay, that actually could make a big difference for people. You know, when somebody's traveling, you know, far out and they've got an issue and not having to go back every six months and then go back out again and they can stay on the road for a longer period of time, it, it could make uh, that aspect of life a lot easier and a lot better. So the idea is that somebody like me, I guess you kind of talk it through and use like me as an illustration. So Alyssa and I are on the road full time and um, I have a, you know, severe headache and I'm running a fever for like three or four days. And I'm like, okay, this isn't going away. I need to talk to a doc. I can use RV Health to basically jump on a call with a doctor and he can help me diagnose from being far away. Is that kind of the idea? That's exactly it. So it's a telehealth service and it, you can talk to a doctor by phone or by video Within the program, we've got about 500 doctors in there that are in different states. So you can talk to a doctor within the state that you're in, or you can use the urgent care 
doctor, the doctor that's available now, the on-call doc. And, you know, they'll listen to you, diagnose you over the phone if possible, uh, and then send you out for, you know, to pick up your prescription at the, the local pharmacy, the local Walmart that you might need to go get your medication from. So, you know, you get a call back within about 10 to 15 minutes and, and then you go out and get, get your prescription Then you can use our discount card for the prescription benefit part if you want, or if you've got your insurance, you can use that as well. So it, it comes down to convenience. You know, for instance, maybe you're out in the national park up in Glacier, you know, there's nothing within about 50 miles <laughs> to go find a doctor. So you, you can call from within the campground and, and get a prescription called in and go pick that up. And instead of having to go find someplace that will take a single person visit uh, or a single time visit for you to come in and do that type of visit. So, yeah, in your previous experience, you'd kind of already been in this space. So you had this idea, saw that so many people in the RV community needed access to better healthcare, being remote, being in far out places. And so you already had, I guess, kind of an eye on one of the companies that could facilitate this from a software standpoint. So how did you actually go, like, take the next step after that? So what did you actually do? Did you approach this company and say, hey, look, I want to start and use your software and your platform specifically to niche in the RV community and kind of white label it and like work out a deal with them? Like, what what was that next step? That's pretty much exactly what it was. And it took a much longer process than I initially thought it was going to. You know, from the website development standpoint, you know, that probably took me a few months to get that built. But from the integration and, I guess, negotiations and everything else that comes along with that, that probably took us close to a year to get all those pieces put into place. Not just with the telehealth program, but also with Carrington, which provides some of the additional benefits that we're providing, like the the vision, LASIK, dental hearing. We've got the prescription discount card, but then we've also got, you know, lab discounts and then Something's called Medical Bill Saver, which is a patient advocacy program. So, you know, God forbid, you know, something happens and you end up having to go to the hospital for a week. This particular program would go and negotiate those rates with the hospital and get your bill down. So, you know, everybody, I think, in my opinion, should have insurance or a health sharing program. We personally have a health sharing program as well. And then we use this as our access to health care. So it's not an insurance product, but it provides you with a low-cost method of getting access to to a doctor and, and getting things taken care of when you need to. Did you have to convince uh, this company that you were going to have customers, or did they did they not care about that because you're licensing their software? They're like, go for it. You know, we kind of trust you. Or was there kind of like a chicken and egg thing? Yeah, there was a lot of negotiations back and forth on you know anticipated volume, and, and we've launched out other niche products that are similar to the RV health program to help grow that audience, you know, direct care.io is the, one of the other ones. And that's more for the general audience, but but RV health is the one we're spending most of our time on, but it, yeah, it was a lot of uh, just kind of back and forth and reviewing pricing. We knew we wanted to be from a, a retail pricing standpoint. So getting the, the cost basis down to where we needed to be at to make this make sense. And I think part of that experience of going through P and L aspects of profit and loss statements, you know, when I was working at Sunday Sports, really kind of helps come into play for me to kind of figure out, you know, what are my marketing costs going to look like? What do partnership programs, you know, what can I afford to pay out in revenue shares and my marketing expenses and things that are along those lines to make sure that I'm still retaining some profitability in the process. Yeah. So you, you, uh, you have the idea, you have some experience in this realm, you find the companies and the partners, put them all in place. And then you start looking forward. You're like, okay, well, we've got a software. Maybe this has taken like a year 
to to kind of put all this in place. You have a website, you've got a plan to move forward and all this kind of great knowledge. And you've already started researching the community, talking to people, you guys are getting in an RV. So how do you actually, this is a part that I'm really interested in right now because it's very much where we're at with campground booking. How do you actually start, you know, going out and figuring out where you're going to invest your time to start bringing people into the ecosystem of RV health? Like, what does that look like? How are you starting basically going from zero to one and actually having payments coming in the system? Sure. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with building trust. And when you're a brand new business that's launching out, uh, the trust factor is going to be fairly low unless you've got a personal brand that kind of goes along with it to help launch that service. And we didn't really have that. I We had visions of starting a YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff at some points. But, uh, you know, with you're managing three or four different businesses, the adding in 20 hours a week into YouTube channel stuff is which wasn't viable for me. So we instead decided to put in an affiliate program and start partnering with brand advocates, you know, influencers, things, people that had a level of trust already with the audience that we're wanting to market to and then pay them a revenue share off of what they're able to provide back in increasing the the membership levels on our side. So that was one method. The other method is we're trying to partner with, you know, other companies. Like we set up a program with work campers and boondockers welcome to where we're kind of trading membership benefits. So we can do value added benefits on each side. So they're providing, we're providing them a little bit of a discount for their members. And they're, we're providing a little bit of a discount for our members to trade back those services. So again, it's really just about connecting up the different components and then increasing the overall uh, trust factor that gets shared between the different brands. And when, when did RV Health launch? Uh, it launched, I don't have the exact date, but it's sometime around November uh, last year. And how many uh, customers do you guys have on board now? Uh, in the four months that we've launched, we are currently at about 100 members. That's awesome. So it, it's a good start. I'm sure we're going to be increasing quite a bit over the next few months as we're starting to launch some of our programs with some of our different partners. Totally. And you guys have around like, it's like around the $25 a month price point. What was your, who was your first customer? Do you remember? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I mean, I'm just curious because it's like you've been working on this for a year and then you have like a first, your first few people coming in. And even like as an entrepreneur, I feel like you're never where you want to be because anytime anybody asks me a campground booking, I'm like, yeah, we got about 20 parks on board. And, uh, you know, we've done in the first couple of months, we've done about a little over a thousand reservations, blah, blah. And, you know, like in my mind, I'm like, I'm excited because there's a level of traction that wasn't there before. And I feel like there's so much energy that takes and you're still going through hard stuff pre-launch, but there's no reward yet. So it's like you're you're in the stage where it's like you're working insanely hard uh, and just like you are when the business launches, but there's no reward of actually seeing it work for customers. So I'm I'm assuming like you're kind of getting that place where it's like you're getting good feedback and it's actually you're getting to see some of the good stuff that's coming from RV Health at this point. Yeah, and we, actually, I've gotten quite a bit of good feedback from a few of our subscribers that have gotten in and say, you know, I, I could it would be better if I could have this type of information, you know, more readily available or explain things about, you know, how do we sign up for these other products once we've gotten launched into your program and getting more details around that. So we've taken a lot of those things into account and started adding additional touch points of communication. When you start running these type of businesses and you get these things launched, it's an 
you kind of start with iterations. You kind of go, okay, we've got a viable product now that people are actually starting to use. Now, how do we grow it? And now you've got to look beyond just the influencers and the uh, the other organizations you're partner with. It's now you need to look at like click funnels and building out landing pages for these things and the email sequence of communication. That's all stuff I've got to start working on over the next month. So it's a progression. So we have to be careful that we're not putting so much pressure on ourselves to make sure we're having to get everything done today. It's okay to take a little time, a month or two or three months to kind of roll out some of these additional updates and upgrades. You know, I think as entrepreneurs, we, we feel like that we need to have everything done right the first time when we first launch. And, you know, that just creates a, a higher level of stress that we really don't need. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And I like what you said. And I think it's also because I'm going through a similar phase in our business where I, I totally get what you mean because we're partnered with, uh, we have a couple contracts with these high traffic sites in the camping industry to power their campground listings to enable bookings from their site. And so at a certain point, like right now, the majority of our business, and it's similar to the relationship that you have with affiliates, you know, and people and partners, because you're basically leveraging their communities in a partnership. And then at a certain point, there's only so many of those that you can kind of tap out. And I know that sounds bad. And I know that's not really what your mindset going into it, but it's true. You know what I mean? Like you leverage and you work with those people and you, and you blast out communication and you push it all out and you equip them. But at a certain point, you kind of have to start realizing, okay, I've done all that I can do from a partnership, at least in the interim at the moment. So what can you start doing, you know, to kind of boost what, you know, boost your own world through ClickFunnels and things like that? Yeah, I think there becomes a point too that it organization and partnerships and stuff. And then you start working with bloggers and it becomes a, a game of brand awareness and trying to dominate the market with your brand. So when somebody thinks, hey, I've got a healthcare issue, you're the first person they think of. And same thing with the campground booking. It's you, you want to try your best to be the one that's present on mind whenever people are thinking like I need to make an upgrade uh, in my system that you're one of those first three people that they think of. Yeah. I mean, that's that's marketing 101 is being the first top of mind whenever people are thinking about purchasing any product. Absolutely. So, you know, the best ways to do that is partnerships, partnerships <laughs> and and just really just nailing those as much as you can and making sure you're keeping in touch with your partners and providing value and benefit to them as you're moving along. I'm curious because, I mean, you weren't in the RV community, I guess, a couple of years ago, but you guys, you're researching this, you're thinking about it and all that good stuff. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have some, they have some type of product they want to get out there, but there's so many wrong ways to approach potential affiliates and partners. And kind of just from the outside looking in at you, it's like, I see you in our Facebook group and other Facebook groups, and you know, you're jumping in, providing value, you're making relationships with people, uh, you're doing it in what, you know, in what it seems like the right way. And I think I've been thinking about this a lot lately because it applies to companies that are big and small. Because sometimes you could think like, oh, well, once we grow, I don't have the time to kind of jump in and, you know, be a face for something. But I look at companies like Winnebago and how they had uh, Russ Garfin, the product manager for Class B's, come down to our summit and how he, you know, he pushed out the 4x4 Revel for them this past year. And, you know, he's a busy guy and he he literally makes the RVs. Uh, yeah, he's taking time to be a community member and because that's where there's so much gold, not just in feedback, but in people associating you with the business. And I don't know. There's just so many. Uh, what's I guess what's your take on how on your approach for how you uh, 
uh, immerse yourself and, and start building um, rapport enough rapport with people to bring them on as partners. Because I think that's that's a struggle for a lot of people because there's so many people that don't do that in the right way. No, I completely agree. It's it's adding value and being present and communicating well with people and and not always having that sales hat on. It uh, it may be part of it's part of my personality. I'm not much of a salesman, which is you know bad in some cases, <laughs> good in others. But you know I think there's more value in the relationship and things will grow and come out of that. I think I'm trying to remember there was a book that was written you know not too long ago about. Um, Basically the gift, you know, yeah, giving, you know, you might remember what the title is, but it's escaping my mind right now. But, you know, it could be monetary stuff. It can be, you know, content. It could be, you know, just hearing people out and, and communicating back and, and validating their, their concerns or issues and, and kind of relaying back that level of emotion, that level of uh, communication back with people builds that personal trust, the personal value that then over time reaps rewards back. Yeah. I love that. What's an example of how you've structured some of, if you don't mind sharing, like one of the partnerships that you've had some level of success with where you met somebody, uh, they had a need for this, maybe they tried out RV health where they liked the concept and you decided to do kind of a joint broadcast with them and it brought in X number of members. And, and I know you're just four months in, but I think that's kind of cool to hear. How do you go about structuring something like that? Well, that's a good question. And I'm sure they're different. So, I mean, you, you may not want to say like, I'm giving this person this type of percentage or thing, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, that's, that's a good, that's a good point right there is because I go from the personal mindset that you try to be equal and fair with whoever you're working with. So I personally do not adjust people's uh, commissions and structures based on who they are. So I, I do my best up front to set a, a good level of um, commission and, you know, reciprocal relationship up front. And, and that stuff stays consistent. So I might create two different tiers of those packages based on the type of business that they are. But that package is going to stay the same for everybody that's in that falls into those different categories. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I personally never want to get to a situation where, you know, we're at a, an RV rally and somebody is a blogger and they're getting, you know, X percentage and somebody's getting Y. And then that creates a, a level of distrust so I personally put everybody on the same playing field in that regard. What are some of the ways that you try to equip your partners? And I wasn't thinking about like, this is going to be the topic of this conversation. <laughs> but I think I think it's really interesting because, you know, partners are a great way to grow early on. And, you know, you're providing mutual value for people. So uh, does your software um, that you're using to manage RV health, does that have a, an affiliate platform on board? Or are you integrating with some other type of third party system? It has it built down on board. The actual website is built on WordPress, uh, and it's built on the pro theme, if you guys are interested in that. Um, I do use Divi quite a bit as well, but this one's built on pro. Uh, the affiliate program is Affiliate WP, and it's fantastic affiliate program that I've started using so far. It, it allows you to create landing pages and then attach those landing pages back to an, aff an affiliate. You can do coupon codes and attach those to an affiliate. And you can do direct links. So if we had a link coming from you know, rvnews.com, they wouldn't even have to use an affiliate link to our website. They just send it directly to rvhealth.com. My software through the affiliate WP picks up that it's coming from rvnews.com and attaches them as the being an affiliate. Oh, wow. We're not currently affiliate with RV News, but using them as an example. Is that an actual website, RV News? 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, it is. I didn't. I, I missed the news memo <laughs> from them, but uh, no, that's that's really cool. So you have still been focusing uh, part of your time on Natera Group, your client based business. So what does that that structure kind of look like? Because I've also noticed that's that's been a pain point for me and a lot of other people. It's like, how do you go about fixing, like balancing that time? Because you have your family, you're traveling, you have a client based business, and now you have a product based business. So what is that? divided up time actually look like? And I hate the word balance, but I, I'm more fan of this term blend that I hear people using. Uh, so what does that blend look like for you? And, and how do you go about still making time to enjoy your time on the road with your family? Well, sure. Um, I'll add a different term. Uh, I do batching. Oh, okay. Batching is beautiful. I'm, I'm batching like seven podcasts this week before we go to exactly. New Zealand. So, <laughs> so I, I sort of like go through and I'll have a day like, you know, Fridays are my day for doing Google AdWords stuff. So I batch all of my clients into doing AdWord management on Fridays. And then I may do Mondays might be social media day. So that's the day that I line up all the social media stuff I'm doing for myself and for my clients all happen on that day. And it allows me to create and, and manage my stuff a, a lot better that way, a lot more efficient. So, you know, maybe like a half a day is dedicated towards doing AdWords. And then I've got a few hours of leeway as things kind of pop up as they always do. So that's kind of the way I've taken that approach. And I just treat RV Health and pop-up shops and all the other things that I'm involved in as being part of my clients. And I give it the same level of attention as I do with working with any of my other clients. I just have those couple extra hours every day for, uh, you know, I've got to update data feeds or things like that that might come up with these different products that I'm marketing. Yeah. How do you know when it's the right time to hire somebody? Um, for me, it was when you get to the point that you're working more than you're spending time with your family. And when that stuff becomes an issue, like I, I try to keep my hours to 30 to 40 hours a week as much as possible because I want to be present with my kids, you know, while they're awake. <laughs> and, you know, I may have seasons where I may have to work 60, 70 hours like I did during December this last year. But, you know, those those are should be out of the norm. Um, you know, we're enjoying this lifestyle in traveling. And, you know, for me, it's not about trying to go out in find the best place in the United States for me to sit in front of my laptop. So, uh, <laughs> oh, really? that, that was actually our, our 100% intention online. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> for some people it is, and that's perfectly fine. Um, and that's great for, especially for couples that, you know, that, that you guys are working together, you're doing business together and that's type of stuff, you know, works out really great. But you know, my kids aren't in my business as much, although I, I try to take opportunities to teach them and train them about entrepreneurship as I get time. But, you know, it's more about that quality time that I'm after with them, especially while they're younger. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And uh, I was going to ask you something, but I, it totally blinked on me. So I'll, I'll just skip to my my last uh, question that I ask each podcast is, uh, and I've been shifting this from just asking what success looks like for you in this lifestyle. It says, what does it look like for you to be content in y'all's journey and your business, uh, but not complacent? Well, I think we're kind of nailing that in that last conversation. And that was really you know, looking for ways to increase the amount of time that I can have with my family while not suffering financially in the background. So, you know, we live um, in, I guess, a, a level of expense that is probably higher than I would think probably most RVers do. You know, we've got life insurance, we've got health coverage, you know, with five kids, you know, we've, you know, I've got a, like disability insurance coverage, you know, in case something ever happens to me. So, 
you know, I need to make sure that I'm covering my expenses and we're also saving up for retirement as well. And then hopefully finding as much time as possible just to enjoy being with my children and experiencing their fascinations of finding these new places and seeing the Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta, you know, what it's first time seeing the Grand Canyon and and not missing out on those things. So it's really about, I guess, the experiences and and not working so much that I miss out on the experiences with my kids. I love it. Well, where can people learn more and connect with you, Scott? Well, from our family, uh, we are More Adventure Awaits. So you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Business is RV underscore health. And you know it's really kind of the best way to get a hold of us right now. Maybe one of these days when I figured out how to fully automate everything I'm doing, we'll start a YouTube channel. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, our first goal, I think, is probably to start doing a little bit of blogging this year. I love it. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast, Scott. Thanks, Heath. Hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning into that episode with Scott. If you want to grab the show notes, head on over to heathandalyssa.com. And also make sure to check out the Stories from the Road podcast, which you can find in iTunes and all of the places where you listen to podcasts. I'll see you guys next week on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.